Rob Morgan is a curious person now presents The Room Wrote It, an interlude that kind of makes sense within the theme, but kind of doesn't. We don't know, and we don't care, so you figure it out. We're in the middle of a mini-series here on the podcast I'm calling Write Shit Down. I'm sharing habits, techniques, and practices when it comes to the writing process, whether you're just keeping track of your ideas or a day-to-day life. We're diving into all of it, and I wanted to take a quick second to, to take a break from me positioning myself like I have all my shit together and like I have all the answers. I wanted to take a quick break from that, an interlude of sorts. Uh, to share a story about uh, let's just let's just call it a trait that I used to possess uh, that I mean I want to be hesitant from saying like I regret or it's like the wrong thing but it it was very much detrimental to the creative process in my life. Not only did it take me forever to figure out that I was really hindering the creative projects that I was a part of, but I was really in the long run screwing myself over by doing this and thinking this way. Yeah, it's more of a way of, yeah, it was a way of thinking that ended up coming out in my actions, specifically when it comes to collaborating and writing with other people. And here's what I mean. I used to be super insecure when it came to listening and implementing other people's ideas. When in a writing process, specifically in my scenario, it was uh, recording sessions. I would come in as a bass player and I, I just had this misunderstanding of what my role and responsibility was when I showed up to a studio. And I now realize actually that it was uh, founded in really deep insecurity in myself and in my own ideas and my own skill sets. And what would happen? Whoa, I'm knocking things over on my desk. <laughs> all right, I think we're safe. I'm, uh, I'm together. Anyway, all right, here, here's the deal. Let me back up. What it looked like was this. When I would get hired to show up and record in a session for an artist, oftentimes an artist will send you like a demo, rough, rough sketch of the songs uh, that you're going to record. So what would happen was the artist would send me the demos and I would sit down with them and I would just woodshed them until I came up with what I thought was the best freaking baseline possible for this song. And I would practice it and I'd come up with that one single idea and just, you know, like carve it down to the best, like, like the best, what I thought was going to be an amazing bass track. I'll go in, I'll lay it down within a couple takes. We'll be good to go. And I'd come in with this one idea and I'd hold it in my hand. I'm even sitting here. I'm like holding a fist in front of me. Uh, but I, that's how I kind of feel. I visualize how I held my ideas. I'd come in. I'd, I'd like hold on to this one singular idea, super tight. And what I later realized is uh, things started happening creatively. Like other people would have ideas. Like say the drummer would pl- have, uh, they'd be like, well, what if we changed the beat to something like this? Or maybe what if we slowed it down? Or a guitar player would say, well, what if I played the melody like this? Something other than the initial idea that I had in my head, they would do. And so now my one singular idea that I was holding on to so tightly no longer worked in this scenario. So then I'd find myself, it would just like, be this pain point. So it took me forever just to like freaking like open up my hand and I now know yeah I now know when I'm coming into a studio situation I like to reverse that if I have the ability to listen to the songs beforehand instead I want to um I want to come in 
now and now uh, now with my hand open and in it maybe having five or six ideas that could work if different directions happen and hold those ideas loosely and if none of them worked be way more open to all right let's go that direction let's try something new i now this is kind of how i hold myself now but even when it comes to like my own personal ideas and holding them looser it, it went a little bit deeper like the real the real detrimental habit that I had was in relationship to how I received the ideas other people had. Here's an example of that. I remember I was oh, close to 10 years now. I was down in Nashville doing a week-long recording session. And we were on like day two or three of the session. We were uh, we were deep into recording this song. And, and I remember at one point the producer turned around uh, to me and he was a guitar player. And he said, actually, can I see your bass for a second? He said, what if you played a melody like this? And he played something that I would never think of, but it sounded great. It was the perfect thing for the song. I remember recognizing on that one hand, oh yeah, okay, this is actually a really great idea. And I remember my ego kicking in like, well, like, I, I just feel weird about this. Like, this isn't my idea. I want to play my thing. I want to put my creative stamp on this project. And I had, there was like this pushback I found myself in. Yeah, like between like, okay, well, I, I know in my gut that that feels right for the song, but it's just like not my idea. So I found myself in like this wrestling match internally. And in the end, I gave in and I tracked uh, his idea. And it was killer. It was the perfect thing for the song right there in that moment. We had just finished recording the bass track and the artist comes back in the room. They had, they were taking like a coffee break or something like that. And they come back in the room and they were listening to the song and they listened to the bass part. And they were like, holy crap, Rob, that's an incredible part. Like, I, I, that's so perfect of a song. Way to go. I love it. And that scenario, specifically that song, just continued to open my eyes of what it looks like really in the real world when it comes to writing with others uh, and when it comes to credit and listening to other people's ideas. And as the the years went on and we ended up, I ended up playing with the artist and playing this song uh, out publicly, uh, playing live shows. Uh, over the years, people that heard this track specifically, I got a lot of feedback from other people saying, oh man, I love your bass line on this tune. Oh man, that's so cool. And I realized, first of all, that my name was connected to this. So this great idea, whether it was my original idea or not, I started getting credit for this great idea because it fit. And even beyond, yeah, I, I, I'm hesitant to even say that credit part, but it's just part of this whole story. But even beyond the credit, what I started to realize is that a good idea is a good idea no matter who thinks of it. And if I can just let go of my freaking ego to think that oh, like I'm holding on to my ideas, like this ownership of ideas, if I can just let go of that and open myself up to the room, yeah, everything is so much better. I mean, I even think about, um, have you read the book, The War of Art? It's a book by a guy named Stephen Pressfield. And in it, he talks about the transition of the word genius, like with this term genius used to in medieval days um, with, with artists were not thought of as geniuses. A genius was the inspiration. It was like this otherworldly, almost kind of like each individual artist had a genius. And if you were coming up with good ideas, well, you're, it was your genius that was inspiring you 
to have these ideas. And then over the years, this term genius now started going on to the artist. Now, instead of having genius, now I am a genius. And I've realized, like my like subconscious desire to like somehow like get other people's approval or maybe even just prove something myself like this ownership of ideas man it's so hindering to me when i hold on to them so freaking tight so i made like this really conscious decision in that period of my life that i was going to let go of the need that i need to be one like i'm the one that comes up with these ideas and give space for to let the room write ideas, but I still was really insecure about this because I mean, freaking, isn't that the way this all, uh, most of this stuff goes in the creative process? Like I'm, I must be the only one. Yeah. Like I'm the only one that struggles with this. Of course, I know this isn't just a me thing. This is something universal. I mean, now that I'm saying this, I remember st starting to notice this in other people as my career went on. I was in another session with an artist I used to play with and we were writing for their album and I remember there was a few of us and they brought in their tunes and we, we were like rolling with this creative process. We're like, oh man, let's, uh, let's do this. Actually, if you change that part, I can play this. And we were just like, it was turning to something really cool. And I, this the person we were playing with was more experienced and I remember them stopping us and saying, whoa, 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 wait a second. Yeah, yeah. This, this is actually cooler. I l actually love where this is going, but let's go back to the original because I don't want to have to deal with, uh, like, if I, like, where does this end? I'm going to have to call, I'm like, we have to split up royalties because now, like, are you guys, like, technically writers for this? I just don't want to have to deal with it. Let's keep it easy. So for technical and financial and legal reasons. Well, let's just keep it so I'm like the only writer. So let's not change it too much. Um, but I don't know if you have ever experienced when you've heard someone else like give voice to them struggling with the same thing, learning the same thing. Uh, the realization for me that like, oh, this is something like, this is like a shared concept that, mul that multiple people have had to figure out on their own journey in different ways. There's something about that that just gives mental oxygen to me. And I remember um, a few years back, I was listening to an interview in conversation with Kevin Smith. And now I know I've referenced him a bunch on the podcast lately. He's just been on my mind recently. But uh, I was revisiting earlier this week while I was driving and getting errands done. Uh, I was revisiting this conversation that he was in and he talked about how cool it is if as a director or screenwriter, if you can get over yourself, your need to be like, well, I freaking wrote the script. Now the actors come in and they got to do it like I did it. And uh, like, these are my ideas. This is how I wrote it. You do it like that. He, he was sharing about how brilliant it is in his creative process too. How if you just open it up to let the room write something, oftentimes it can be so much better too. He's the best kind of actor, though. He's the actor that you love because he's a writer as well. He comes to set and he's not just doing your script. He can give you five other scripts just as funny if you want them. But that, in the beginning of my career, I used to reject people that were like that because I'm like, no, if it's not my writing, then what is it? And then right. the older you get, the more comfortable you get and you realize, dude, you're going to get credit regardless. Like, go ahead. Like, I remember, for me, it was Chris Rock. <coughs> there was a moment in Dogma. Um, Chris Rock, there was a line in the script... A uh, line in the movie where, uh, you know, he falls out of heaven. He's Rufus, the 13th apostle. And they're having this conversation in the middle of the road, him and Linda Fiorentino playing Bethany, Jane Silent Bob are there. And uh, he references knowing Jesus. And she's like, Christ, you knew Christ. And he goes, no, I'm shit. And he used the N word. He goes, oh, it owes me 12 bucks. Now, 
I didn't write that line. I wrote dogma, every right. piece of it, but I didn't write that line. I would never put that line in front of Chris Rock and be like, look what I right, did. Right, right. My line was, no, he owes me 12 bucks. Chris was able to dress right. it up in such a way. And I told him, I was like, oh, God, because I was crying when he did it. I was like, that's hysterical. But I was bittersweet about it because I was like, I can't include it. And I said to him, I was like, dude, that's the funniest thing I think I've ever put on film and I can't use it in the movie. He goes, why? And I was like, because I didn't write it. How am I supposed to do the credits now? Written by Kevin Smith and one line by Chris Rock. He goes, I don't give a shit. Don't you know how this works? He's going, you'll get credit for it. He's going, if it, it's funny, take it. I don't need credit for that. I say a lot of shit. And I was like, oh, oh, really? And then the next guy I worked with was like that was uh, Will Ferrell. So I find myself just thinking about this a lot lately. Whether uh, tomorrow I'm going to be uh, in a session and pulling out my camera and taking a couple photographs. when If it's photography, I want to leave space for the room to inspire the pictures. If I'm in this session recording and I happen to be holding a bass guitar, yeah, I want to leave space for the room to present the ideas. I can't help but think about this podcast too and how when I start out this podcast – even in my, I get, like listening back, I feel so cringy sometimes listening to the conversations because I can almost hear it in my voice when I'm talking to someone else, this need for me to carry the conversation. Like I'm, I'm hosting this, right? Like it's me. It's my thing. I need to, it's, like, it's all on me somehow. Nah, maybe in everything, even in passing conversation, whether for this podcast or just in general, I want to leave space to be listening to the room not put it all on my shoulders because I'm starting to realize from experience that everything's better when the room writes it Rob Morgan is an internationally touring bassist on a journey to discover what it means to live a curious life at thecuriouspod.com, you'll find an archive of conversations recorded all over the world, a map of recording locations, a weekly newsletter, and official podcast merchandise. Rob is recording a daily podcast where he's sharing insights into the creative journey and the secrets to living a curious life that he's discovered from over a decade of traveling the world with music. We here at Curious Endeavors have told him this is probably a mistake and he's in Egypt to attempt it, but he won't budge, so that's where we're currently at. We hope you'll enjoy. 